coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. God has a dream for you. He has a dream for every person. He has something that he wants to tell you related to his will for your life. Because I just say, it doesn't matter if God has a dream. We don't know the dream. You know, a secret dream is a worthless dream. If, if God hasn't told you what his will is for your life, how can you do it? God isn't a secret keeper. have had vision before or dreams before from the Lord, but maybe you've gotten a little discouraged. Maybe you had the dream beat out of you. Maybe you just need to be encouraged, or maybe you had that chapter, but you need the next chapter now. But some of you may, you may have never really gotten the message from the Lord of, of why he created you in your mother's womb, of why, why you exist as a person. And the story of Joseph is the story of a young man whose life radically changed when he received two dreams. Now, Joseph is the son of Jacob and Rachel. And, uh, and Jacob had several wives, but Rachel was his favorite and Joseph was his favorite son. And one day, Joseph or Jacob came to his son Joseph and gave him a coat of many colors, a multicolored tunic. And when he gave him that coat, Joseph began to dream. He dreamed two dreams that radically changed the rest of his life. I believe that God has a coat for you that will begin you dreaming and it will radically change the rest of your life and set you on course to achieve what God has for you. Let's read in Genesis 37 about Joseph. Verse two, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock with his brothers and the lad was with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and his words. Notice how many times it says his brothers hated him. Then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. He told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you've dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now I'm telling you, if I'd have told my two other older brothers, Damon and Lucifer, a dream like that, they'd have beat me, I'll tell you right now. Joseph had dreams from God because he was going to rule the world. His, those dreams were from the Lord. There's something that we do that causes God to give us our dream. The story of the coat of many colors now is not just a story specific to Joseph. It's a story that tells us how God gives dreams. The coat of many colors, I believe, symbolizes certain things that once we have these things, 
in our lives, which is very possible for all of us to do, we then begin to receive the dream of God. And I want to say, God has a dream for you. He has a dream for every person. He has something that he wants to tell you related to his will for your life. Because I just say, it doesn't matter if God has a dream. We don't know the dream. You know, a secret dream is a worthless dream. If, if God hasn't told you what his will is for your life, how can you do it? God isn't a secret keeper. He wants to reveal his will. He wants us to dream the dream. He wants us to get the vision. Now, in Joseph's family, which was a highly, highly dysfunctional family, maybe one of the most dysfunctional families ever. So Joseph lived in a family, and there were 12 brothers. Joseph had 11 brothers. He was one of 12. And his father, which was not wise on his father's part, his father let everybody know he loved Joseph more, so much so that he had this special coat made. And as soon as Joseph put that coat on, he became hated by his brothers. A, he was a tattletale, creepy little brother. That's your worst nightmare, creepy little tattletale brother. And I was kind of that way too, but anyway. But secondly, the father, you know, Jacob comes and just says, here, take this coat. There's 12 boys and there's one coat. There's going to be a bad day at Blackrock when you give a special coat to one child that the others don't get. You know, now if you were raised with siblings, you know, there's always some tension involved between brothers and sisters anyway, but especially when you know that someone is the favorite. Okay. Well, I've got some good news. God has a coat for every child. Joseph's ministry and Jesus' ministry both began with a public demonstration of the love of their father. Remember, the coat of many colors, Jacob loved him more. And Jesus stood in the Jordan River on the first day of his ministry, and a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Nothing releases the dream in a child, the destiny in a child more than the favor of a parent. When a parent comes to a child and says, you've got what it takes. We, we believe in you. We believe, we believe you're going to do something big. When the Bible says, Proverbs says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he gets old, he won't depart from it. That means two things. The first thing that it means is raise your children according to the word of God. The Bible is the blueprint for how God wants children to live. And when parents train their children according to the word of God, that's the, the best thing that you can do. But it also means something else. It means you pray and hear God specifically for each of your children. And don't try to make a musician out of a quarterback. And don't try to tr make a quarterback out of a musician. Every child has a destiny. And it's the role of a parent. It's the, it's the purpose of a parent to pray about that child's future and, and just to see developmentally what, what are this, these, this child's inclinations. And then to say to that child, we believe that you are brilliant. You know, God's given you, we believe that you're talented. We, we believe that God has a destiny for you in this area and we, want, we believe in you. We want you to know, mom and I, you know, dad and I, we believe in you. We're your biggest fans. Something happens in a child's life when you know your parent loves you and believes in you, it releases you like nothing else. But also something happens in a child's spirit when they know their parent doesn't believe in them. Some people are raised in an environment where they're told you'll never amount to anything. You're, you're not as smart as your brother Bobby. Why can't you be like your sister? Why can't you? And they're beaten down. And they literally don't believe in themselves. But I, I want you to understand something today. And that is God totally believes in you. 
There's no one who believes in you like God believes in you, but you're not going to dream. And you're not going to dream God's dream until you believe he loves you. Now listen to this. You'll dream a dream because when a person grows up and they don't have faith spoken to them, they don't hear the words from parents that we believe in you and we believe that God has a great destiny for you and this and this. And most of us, we're not raised in that type of environment. When we don't have destiny spoken over our lives and when we don't get God's dream, we will dream a dream, but that dream isn't God's dream. It's a dream to fix the hole in our hearts. And I remember when I was a kid growing up and my parents were good parents. They didn't know the Lord when I was growing up and they didn't know how to speak that kind of destiny to me. So I dreamed dreams. And I remember dreaming that I would hit the, the home run that would win the World Series because I was a baseball player. I was a football player. And I, the, the, one of the few books that I read on my own in junior high school was a book that was called Left End Scott. It was about a football player that played left end. And he caught the big catch um, in the final game of the season to win the, uh, you know, the game for, win the whole season for his team. And, it, it, and I fantasized about that. Because I, that's, my fantasies were being an athlete. And I, I remember that I always put myself in a position of doing something great and I would be rich and I would be famous and I would be able to do the things that I wanted to do. See, that wasn't God's dream for me. That was my dream for me to fix the hole in my heart. When you, when you don't have destiny in your life, and especially when your heart's been broken, typically you'll dream of money, you'll dream of power, you'll dream of luxury. You'll dream of preference. You'll dream a dream, but it really isn't God's dream. It's just a dream to keep you from drifting into despair. And some people do drift into despair because their dream dies. But I want you to know that God has a dream for you and that God loves you. And God's love is both offensive and defensive. In Genesis, I'm sorry, John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's love is offensive. God, we didn't find God, he found us. He came from heaven to earth and he pursued us. And the reason that we're all sitting in here this morning is not because we found God, he found us. Am I telling the truth? God came into our lives, he pursued us or we would have never known him. But God's love is also defensive. This is Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're killed all day long. We're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, not only did God come offensively to find us, but defensively, he stands around us. Hebrews 13, five says, God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. But not only does he say that in Romans eight, it says nothing can separate us from his love. We will never in our lifetime, nothing that ever occurs to us, good or bad, or from God or of the devil, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. So his love is offensive and defensive. It's pretty, pretty great love. You say, well, why would God love me like that? Well, I've got the answer, and I hope you listen to what I'm about to say. This is the answer of why God loves you so much, because he does. He loves you. 
Psalm 139, 13. You formed my inward parts. That's the answer. You are not the product of a man and a woman. You're the product of a man and a woman in God. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How, listen, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. And when I'm awake, when I awake, I'm still with you. I'm against abortion because I believe that life begins at conception. I don't believe it's a blob. I believe it's a baby in its mother's womb. I don't believe it's a fetus. I believe it's a human being in the hands of God being knit together by a masterful God. But some of us were born into the world and we didn't feel that way. People didn't make us feel that way. Circumstances didn't make us feel that way. And we've made a zillion mistakes. You know, I mean, some people would say, yeah, Jimmy, you know, okay, fine. God did a really good job in my mother's womb, but you know, I was born naked at a very early age. The doctor slapped me and it's been downhill from there. <laughs> you know, that's my testimony. I mean, life's been hard on me and I've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I can believe that God had a perfect plan, but that plan was blown to smithereens a long time ago. Well, let me say something about God's plan. This is the great thing about God's plan. See, he is a genius, you know. He's really smart, really, really smart. So he factors everything in. And he makes us in our mother's womb, but he knows we're gonna be born into the family that we're born into, into the circumstances that we're born into, with the personality that we have, the culture we have. He takes everything into account. And he says, oh child, listen to me now. I created you for a great destiny. I knew that you'd be born into a difficult world. Joseph had evil brothers around him that threw him in a pit and sold him for a few dollars to a caravan coming by. God had all that planned out. He knows all the mistakes that you've made. He knows all the mistakes that people around you have made. He knows all the bad things that have happened to you. And that doesn't change one thing about his plan for your life. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. He made you. He made you. I'm telling you the absolute gospel truth about your life. If you feel like you're nobody, if you feel like you're an accident, if you feel like you're an, a, a nuisance, if you feel as though that you're not special and that God doesn't know you, you're not going to dream. Now you may dream a dream, but it's going to be one of those sick me dreams that just fixes a hole in my heart. It makes me one of a dime a dozen people that are dreaming of being, you know, ruling the world and being rich. But when you dream God's dream, you put on your coat, the coat that was made for you. And when you put that coat on, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what he says in Matthew 11. The word easy means custom made. My yoke is easy. When you put my yoke on your life, everything in you will come alive. Every gift in you will come alive. The desires, the righteous desires in you will activate because he knows exactly who you are. And when you understand the love of God, you'll begin to dream. It gives you permission to dream. And Joseph was different than all of his brothers. He knew his father loved him more. 
And he was the only dreamer in the group. When you know that God loves you, you'll dream. Before you ever came out of your mother's womb, God had your entire life pre-planned and written down. He knows all of it. Who knows all of it? The Holy Spirit knows all of it. The dream is simply him telling you what he did in your mother's womb. That's all, that's all it is. The vision is simply him showing you who you really are. At 19 years old, I'd been saved for two weeks. I saw a sheet drop down in front of me and I saw myself from the back preaching to a multitude of people. I am a preacher. That is who I am. But at 19 years old, I didn't look like a preacher, act like a preacher, feel like a preacher, talk like a preacher, or do anything like a preacher. But I was a preacher, but he had to tell me because nobody else could. He was the only person who was there in my mother's womb and had the plan. Nobody can tell you who you are. Only God can tell you who you really are. People can tell you who they want you to be, who they think you are. But when God shows up, he'll tell you who you really are. Let me say this. When God gives you a dream, you've got to tell somebody. Joseph was a punk kid, but his dream turned him into a world changer. But you have to talk about it. It may, may sound crazy to some people. Not all of it may be of the Lord, but nothing's going to happen until you start talking about it. And there's one other thing, Habakkuk 2, and I'll close with this. Habakkuk 2, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. When you write it down, there's something powerful about saying it, even more powerful about writing it down. That's why we encourage every couple to go on a vision retreat and seek God and write down why did God put you together? What is God's purpose for your life, your finances, your relationship, your children? Write it down. There's something powerful. And it says that he who reads it will run. And what it means is you get passion. When you write it down and you put it in front of you, it gives you something to live for. And you run. You just want to You just want to do everything you can do to accomplish God's will for your life. And you're excited about waking up and you want to do something with it. When God puts a dream in our heart, it's such a natural thing. It's, it's life to us and it's life to others. And a lot of people ask me, they say, Jimmy, what, how do I know what my dream is? How do I know what God has called me to do? And, and let me talk about that for just a minute because that's, that's very important. You know, when I was growing up, I had such a different, you know, personality and set of giftings and I'm kind of ADD, so it's hard for me to sit and do something for very long, and I'm, I'm creative, and I love to speak, and all these things. And I, I used to wonder, how in the world will I ever find a job where I can do you know, everything that I enjoy doing? Did, did you know that when you have God's dream inside of you, and you're fulfilling God's dream, it scratches every itch? It's, it's perfect for you. One time I was in church, and before I became a pastor, I mean, I worked in the sound booth in the church. I was in business. And I volunteered in our church before I became pastor. And I was running the sound one day, and I was miserable. I mean, I was working in business with my parents. And I loved my parents, but I didn't want to be in business with my parents. I wanted to be in the ministry. And I had this concept of God in my mind that, you know, I may have wanted to do this, but God was going to send me to China or Africa or, or some other place that, you know, in other words, if you're enjoying it too much, there's something wrong with that. And this pastor was speaking that day. And he said this, which set me free. 
He said, we don't serve a God who gives you the desire to go to China and keeps you here. And we don't serve a God that, that gives you the desire to stay here and send you to China. He says, our God gives you a desire and he fulfills that desire. And that's what I want you to hear me say. It's already in you. And the righteous desires for children, you know, if it, it, a lot of people think, well, if my dream isn't to, you know, take over the world and being, you know, a spirit-filled Warren Buffett, that that's not good enough. If your dream is to raise righteous children, that's a big dream. To be a worship leader, to, to help poor people, to be a, to be a pastor, to, to help people in business, for your business to resource the kingdom of God. God puts a dream inside of you and it's just the most natural thing in the world. It's something that you're good at. It's something that you desire to do. One of the ways that you know that your dream is from God and what you're called to do is it's life to you and it's life to other people. My life is so funny because I love to sit alone with God and just hear God and get messages like the message you heard today. I just love it. It's it's life to me. Okay, A lot of people couldn't do that, but I absolutely love it. And I love this. I love I love helping people. I love encouraging people just like this. It's who I am. Karen is just different than me in so many ways. But God made her in her mother's womb, put a dream in her heart. And when she fulfills her dream, it looks different than mine. And we have some things in common. This program is an example. But there are things that she does that are so life-giving to her and the people around her. When you're doing something that God doesn't want you to do, it's death to you and death to the other people around you. But God, God's given you a dream. I hope that this program today encourages you. I hope that it encourages you. Like Joseph, Joseph had a lot of tough, tough turns in life, but he had a dream in his heart, and God was faithful to that dream. And I just want you to know, God's going to be faithful to you. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. If you have that dream in your heart, you be faithful to God, and He'll take you to your promised land. I hope that this program today has been an encouragement to you, and I also hope that you'll you'll consider standing with Karen and me financially. This we're a mission that we go across America and around the world with this important message to help people succeed in life and in marriage. And we have monthly partners that support us, and I'm asking you to become a monthly partner. Here's how you can do it.